across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Uh, well, great to be with everybody here on this Tuesday Montana Talks. Uh, big show lined up for you. We do have the phone lines open if you've got something you want to talk about, it, especially if you're a Montana lawmaker out there uh, in the middle of this transmittal break, uh, the one-week break during the 90-day legislative session. So there's a lot of Montana lawmakers that are out there now that normally they'd be tied up in committee here hearings or floor debates in the legislature, so they can't necessarily call in and give you an update on what's going on in Helena. Well, well, now you can, because uh, uh, you're on that uh, legislative break, uh, so feel free to give us a call as well, 406 406- Two nine four zero nine seventy. We'll uh, get to as many phone calls as we can here uh, in the first half hour of the program, and then coming up in the second half hour of the program, we got Mike Dennison, longtime Capitol Bureau reporter Mike Dennison, joining us on this show uh, to remember uh, his friend, your friend, and our friend uh, Chuck Johnson, uh, uh, the dean of the Capitol Press Corps. We shared the news yesterday that Chuck Johnson sadly passed away over the weekend, and so. Uh, it, we want to we want to remember him. So Mike Dennison will join us in the second half of the program today. Uh, I do have a John Jackson here with us uh, for the first half of the show as well. He's a retired federal law enforcement officer. He's got over eighty thousand followers on Twitter, but lives here in Montana. John, we heard the big national news update there uh, uh, over the radio all across Montana. Uh, four Americans were basically kidnapped, held hostage, as we understand it, in Mexico, right on the other side of the border with Texas. Uh, we now know that apparently two, according to a Fox News report that I heard and a New York Times story, two were already killed and two others have apparently been released now is, is the latest that we heard. Hey, you know, Mexico is now 100% a narco state. It's right on our southern border, and it is the fulfillment of the line from the movie Jaws, where the, the guy told the mayor, you are going to ignore this particular problem until it swims up and bites you in it, right? I mean, th- that's what they have done. That's what this entire U.S. government has done for the last 25 years, is play patty cake with the, the, with the Mexican government, and now they are 100% narco state. Our our border is wide open. We have our enemy right on our southern border. And what are we doing? We're fighting in Ukraine. It is a war zone on our southern border. This story is a reminder of that. It's what Attorney General Austin Knutson has been saying. Sheriff Leo Dutton out of Lewis and Clark County in Helena. Uh, both of them have been saying this. We've got a war on our southern border. We have a war zone. They've been inviting the enemy in with our wide open southern border. And we need to declare these Mexican drug cartels as terrorist groups. We had these people. I'm telling you, we had these people, Aaron, back in the 80s and the 90s when the leash was taken off of the DEA back then. We had them. And then in the mid-90s under Clinton and NAFTA, the leash was put back on. And for the last 25 years, we've been playing patty cakes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a real-world uh, uh, season of narcos playing right out, right on our on our own southern border. All right, we'll get to your phone. 911. With stroke, be fast. It can be the difference between life and death. A message from Montana DPHHS. This is where Montana talks. 
Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right into the phone lines here. 406-294-0970. Yeah, uh, John Jackson and I, uh, you know, we, we were talking earlier about this uh, this big tax uh, rebate. Uh, House or Legislative Republicans here in Montana helping to deliver over a billion dollars in tax relief back to we the people. Uh, but uh, John Jackson and Representative Jerry Schillinger, who called in yesterday at a circle Montana, they agree. Hey, wait a minute. You, you might be uh, you might be seeing a three point two billion dollar surplus by the end of the year. We want all of our money back. We need more of our money back, uh, not just the one billion dollars. Uh, anyway, that's what uh, John Jackson and, and Jerry Schillinger agree on that point. What say you? Let's go to Ron and Big Fork. Ron, thanks for the call. Yeah, I just had two uh, quick thoughts. Uh, uh, these two things have left me scratching my head. Uh, with our income tax rebates, um, people are going to use those the rebates to pay their taxes. And the second thought I have is I read an article the other day that said we're going to do uh, uh, drug addiction and alcohol uh, addiction uh, rehab, and we're going to pay for it with marijuana taxes. So I've been scratching my head uh, for a couple of weeks on those two things. Yeah, good, good point. Let, let's create the problem, and then we'll spend money to try to combat the problem. And meanwhile, seniors on Social Security are just saying, could you just please stop taxing my Social Security? Uh, yeah, Ron, thanks for the call. John Jackson, your thoughts? Well, what you have seen in Technicolor for the last three years, and you saw it in covid it's what our founders said. Government is evil. Now, while being a necessary evil, it is in and itself evil. Okay, that evil needs to be as small and as powerless as possible. How does it get its power? Through money. It must be starved of that money. It, the, the more they get, the more they're going to want to spend it, the, the more they're going to want to grow government. And uh, the bigger the government, the bigger the problems. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, good point. Uh, the Tucker Carlson tapes, uh, you've been talking about that on Twitter. Uh, I've been sharing uh, some of the commentary and a lot of the video footage on Twitter. So uh, Tucker Carlson uh, uh, was able to get a hold of surveillance footage from the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, and uh, Miranda Devine with the New York Post says this, the truth about January 6th, now that Speaker Kevin McCarthy has released Capitol surveillance footage from that data, Tucker Carlson, the Democrats' dishonest narrative has been demolished. Elon Musk said via Twitter, besides misleading the public, they withheld evidence for partisan political reasons that sent people to prison for far more serious crimes than they committed that is deeply wrong legally and morally. I think we got Craig in Belgrade on the phone lines wants to weigh in on the Tucker Carlson uh, tapes that were released last night. Craig, thanks for the call. What's your thoughts? Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. I'm scratching my head, too, about the Tucker Carlson tapes. Um, I'm not sure what your point is or, or how that demolishes anything that we've seen before. I mean, we've seen the tapes where people were violent, People got killed. People were attacking cops. And somehow, because some peaceful people were there, too, that somehow means that the other people didn't exist. Uh, I don't get that. I mean, we all saw it. We all saw it live on TV. The first group of people were idiots. They were walking in there, didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then once they got in charge, you know, the old people group got in there. We saw what they did. They caused chaos. They pooped in the hallways, for crying out loud. These are animals. 
mean, so, John, but Tuck, Tucker Carlson, but Tucker Carlson I mean, isn't isn't saying that uh, he he very clearly called out the people that actually attacked law enforcement and did take part. Now, in, now let's, in, talk, let's talk about let's talk about Tucker Carlson. Now he's been exposed to being a liar about January sixth. We we saw his text. He's a liar. He's been exposed to be a liar. Okay, what what's been exposed is the actual footage here. Tucker Carlson shared actual video surveillance footage here. And to suggest that Tucker Carlson was saying that, that there weren't rioters there, no, he very clearly said that last night. I, I forget the exact words that he used, but he basically called out the clowns that did commit violence, that did uh, destruct the Capitol. But what he's pointing out here is that there were also, also uh, what this video evidence shows is that the Democrats withheld evidence and the media withheld evidence so they could lie about the broader narrative of January 6th. John Jackson, your thoughts. Thanks, Craig, for the call. Like you and I were talking about at the break, there was only a handful of people out there they were, that were storming those gates that, it, that actually broke down the, the barriers that the Capitol Police had up, and then the people that were breaking into those windows, breaking into the doors outside the Capitol building. What I want to know is who those people are. I want them named off. I want to know what their affiliations are, who was funding them, who are those people. You tell me tell me that, I'm good. And I also want the people that refused to have additional security there that day, despite the threats that they were already aware of, why are they not being held accountable? Yeah, hold the actual rioters, the people who committed violence that day, accountable, but also hold the BLM rioters accountable. But they haven't been held accountable. Uh, hold the people who, you know, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, Nancy Pelosi. Why did she uh, not support additional security being present on that day? Uh, they need to be held accountable uh, for this as well. But what the what the broader tapes show here is that you had law enforcement waving people in, motioning people in. The crazy QAnon, Shamanon, uh, Buffalo uh, hat guy had doors being opened for him by Capitol Police. Uh, you know? The, the D.C. area, what everybody has to, has to understand, D.C., that area is, is occupied territory. It's occupied by our enemies. Any jury that you're going to have there is your enemy. Let me tell you something, brother. That is not a place you want to have a problem. All right. Uh, we'll get to uh, more callers right after this. we got J.Q. Public in Callis. Gold today to learn more about the 123 Protection Plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump back into the phone lines. Here is uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, in studio with us uh, here on this uh, Tuesday uh, once again. We've got uh, JQ Public in Kalispell uh, listening to KJJR. Thanks for the call. What's your thoughts this morning? Hey, good morning to the dynamic duo, Aaron and John. Um, the first thing, I, my uh, condolences and prayers go out to the families of that lost those folks in Mexico. Yeah. I uh, just heard that at the top of the hour. I'm, I'm calling regarding our, our state budget surplus. I think uh, 
it's a good problem to have. Um, I'm, I'm proud of our legislature having a, a patient and measured response to really figure out the best way to reimburse the taxpayers. I think you, you raised a great point, Aaron, about our population increase. That's uh, ultimately going to have impact on our infrastructure and our services and uh, maybe making more jobs available for people to uh, address that. Uh, you know, I, I support uh, like a five-year plan mentality um, and, and maybe save some of that surplus for now and really think things through with, a, you know, a patient measured responsibility or strategy, rather. Um, it, great, great show today. So many intriguing topics. Um, well, but thanks, I'm, yeah. I'm, very, I'm, I'm really proud of our, our state legislature and governor and Leaders lead, and I think that uh, Montana sets the gold standard for the country. Yeah, that's that's right. The free state of Montana. Yeah, JQ Public. Thanks for the call. And uh, yeah, one other thing that that Representative Jerry Schillinger's, uh, you know, and I have kind of talked about uh, separately as well, tied in with what uh, JQ Public had to say. There is, hey, what what about you know, as as we expect this surplus to continue, what about having some sort of a trigger bill in effect to where okay, if the revenues keep flowing in, because Montana's population has has increased. I shared this on the show yesterday, John. On. Our population, we're one of a handful of states that saw our population increase more than 1%. Uh, Florida has increased 1.9%. New York, California, Illinois, they've lost population uh, by almost the same amount. So more people is going to mean more money uh, that's going to continue flowing in, and they're typically higher income earners as well. And so, yeah, uh, okay, I get where JQ Public's coming from. Okay, a measured uh, approach here. JJ and Whitefish had a good point, too, uh, sent us a message on our Montana Talks app. How about fixing the tax code so you're not taking so much of our money in the first place? And that is is what will also come out of the legislature as well, a reduction in tax rates. And if they could, through through special session, whatever, if they're running out of time, declare a special session, take a little bit longer, figure out a way, and we talked about this last summer, of a special session with this, with this surplus. Give us our money back. We need it. It's ours. And we're getting hammered with high inflation because of Joe Biden and John Tester's policies right now. Uh, that That's why Montanans really need the, uh, the relief uh, right now. All right, uh, next up on the phone lines, we got Rock, previously a Belgrade. Now he tells us he's calling in from the middle of nowhere. Rock, great to hear from you. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I was just wondering if... Uh if I haven't heard a thing about uh, the whole Social Security taxing and uh, um, veterans' pension taxing, mm-hmm. is do you know if there's any bills coming up on that? I was going to make. I finally found out who my uh, um, representative is, is out here in the middle of nowhere. So I'm going to be calling him. Who, who's, but, that? Uh, who's that? Who's that? Um, oh, I've got it written. I've got it written down, but I... That's me subversively. See, John. John's a retired federal law enforcement officer. He's like, I see where you're going. You're trying to find out where Rock really lives right now. Cause, cause yeah, you could well, tell what I was doing there. I was like, what, who's your representative? Oh, so you're somewhere near. Yeah, yeah well, you're not going to find that out. So, well, one of these days I'm going to tell you. There you um, go. I'll bring the camper. For, we got a couple houses here for sale, so we need a few more folks to move into the area. But <laughs> anyway, to stimulate the economy, right? So, but anyway, I don't know if you've heard anything or not, but you know that all this ta- talk about rebates and whatnot. I would like to not have to pay taxes on my social security from now 
and yeah, most future. most states across the country at Rock. Thanks for the call. No matter where you're listening from, great to hear from you. Uh, but John, yeah, uh, I've I've made this point before as well. But I, I'll tell you, every time we have legislators call into the show, every time we've had the governor on the show or others, and we talk about the tax relief, I always get messages from listeners across the state. Okay, big surplus tax relief. Why are they still taxing my Social Security? Why are they still taxing military pensions? Most states across the country do not tax either one of those. Why are we? Yeah, and I've heard you for years um, bang on that subject, and you are absolutely dead on. That needs to be done done away with, and right now they have the chance to do it. All right, next up on the phone lines, A.W. in Bozeman. A.W., thanks for the call. Hey, Aaron. Hey, uh, Joker. Uh, nice, nice to talk with you guys. Um, now, it's no secret that, like, a lot of the instigators there were Antifa guys that jumped into uh, Trump-supporting uh, uh, gear. Uh, there was plenty of footage of, of that. Those guys were the instigators. Also, on Tucker's uh, uh, thing there on J6, he was saying how they couldn't get uh, information on the federal agents that were actually embedded in there. Uh, now, that's crazy because, like, I, I have personally I have two friends that are doing four years for meandering around the Capitol. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's the thing is that is that they only wanted to show select footage from January sixth. They had to create this this false narrative so that they could benefit from January sixth. That's why every January sixth they have their big January sixth jubilee celebration, right? Is because they had to use January sixth to to go after people all across America. They're going after peaceful pro life protesters now all across America under Merrick Garland's. Uh, Justice Department right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, great to get your thoughts, A.W. Thanks for the call. Uh, John Jackson, your thoughts. Well, that's why you saw in that ridiculous January 6th committee, which, of course, never got off the ground. Nobody cared about it. was just, just a complete joke that flopped. But they made sure that they didn't allow the Republicans, Republicans to actually put their own members on there. They rejected them and picked these hacks like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinziger because they didn't want guys like Jim Jordan to be throwing a, a monkey wrench in their narrative. Well, yeah, they, they didn't want somebody asking the question, okay, Nancy Pelosi, why did you, who oversees the sergeant at arms, who oversees capital security, why did you not support additional security for that day, even though there was intelligence to suggest that there would be some wackos threatening to do something like this? Okay, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, why did you reject, reject additional National Guard support? And, uh, and they don't want that. And they don't want people to see the, these other these other videos out there. And uh, and so uh, because they wanted to use this to their benefit so they could crack down on their political opponents all across America and use January 6th as, the, as their flag to do so. Well, you know what's going on right now, Aaron, is, you know, Jim Jordan's got a committee now that they're investigating some of the stuff with the FBI. Well, they've got all these whistleblowers that are coming in and, and testifying behind closed doors. Well, the Democrats that are on this committee are leaking it out.
to shut these whistleblowers up and to prevent others from coming forward. And we may get get to a situation here real quick where the Republicans are going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to kick these Democrat operatives off their committee or you're just not going to get any more whistleblowers come forward. Interesting. Uh, back into the phone lines we go. We've got April in Kalispell listening to KJJR. April, thanks for your call. Hey, thanks a lot. Um, the thing I'm calling about is we have a really bad situation here in Kalispell, and it's to the point that, I, like, I don't even know what the solution would be, but our homeless population has really increased, and the big problem with it is that there's a huge contingency of the homeless population that have become hostile and aggressive to lo- local people. Um, you know, we just completed $8 million to put a two-mile piece of bike trail across the middle of town, and it's got lights and everything. It's beautiful, but we can't use it. Even in the daytime, it's an issue because of the homeless people that are there that harass us regular people out walking our dog or just elderly people walking. Um, I work at the hospital, and what the homeless do is when they're going to be arrested or if it gets too cold, they say that they're going to kill themselves so they can get admitted to the hospital. And then when they're in the hospital, they just harass the poor little nurses and mm-hmm. CNAs. They're, they're, they're aggressive. They're scary. Um, they jump. There's a whole group of guys right now who go around. We call them the Carhartt gang. They jump out into traffic. They harass women. They follow women around. They'll bang on your car if mm. you pass them. Um, the other day, my daughter was dropping me off, um, and they were in the road ahead of us. And I said, watch out. Those are those guys. And so she kind of bopped her horn, you know, beep, because they were literally spread entirely across the road so that, you know, she could travel. Mm. And they, instead of getting out of the way, they just swarmed our car, terrified her. Um, you know, she had to just basically step on the gas to try to get out of the way. Wow. Um, they defecate on the bike trail. And, they and when they're on drugs, everywhere. and when they're on drugs, it's even worse, and they're even more a threat to those nurses and doctors. I mean, it, people don't understand the, the yeah. physical threats that, that that nurses and doctors face in these emergency rooms because of some of these drugged up uh, transient types in particular. Yeah. yeah, well, they get admitted to the hospital, and they get admitted, and then they scream and yell and threaten the nurses and it's just a horrible it's just a horrible situation yeah, that's, that's crazy and that and that's why the county commissioners in flathead county john jackson have been calling out this problem of the homeless that that basically too many of these programs are recruiting out-of-state transient homeless populations to move into montana april thanks for your call john jackson your thoughts if your community has a homeless problem in that they are everywhere, they're causing crime, they're assaulting people. Let me tell you whose fault it is. It's your community leaders. It's it's the people that are supporting these people, putting them up in your hotels, not putting them in jail. It's it's your community leaders that have done this to you. It's also interesting. The, our society is telling women, oh, no, no, you have to you have to worry about those homeless men. You have to be compassionate to them. Same thing with the transgender debate. Oh, no, ladies, let the men in your bathroom. Don't you dare say anything about it. Interesting. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. During the 121st National Farmers Union Anniversary Convention in San Francisco yesterday, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack announced that USDA is proposing a new rule on product of the USA or made in the USA label claims to fall in line with consumer expectations. This 
label is currently assessed on products if they're processed in the U.S., which means they could be born someplace, they could be slaughtered someplace, they could be raised someplace else, but not in the U.S., and still get this label. The proposed rule that we're putting out today would say, if you want to use this label, or you want to make made in the USA label, for beef, poultry, processed eggs, pork, you can only do it if the creditor was raised here, born here, raised here, slaughtered here, and processed here. Montana Farmers Union President Walter Schweitzer said the new rule provides increased clarity and transparency for consumers. The packers have been utilizing this loophole to, to bring in meat from foreign nations and packaging it here in the United States and then misleading our consumers that uh, they were actually purchasing a product of USA. And you know, it's a good first step to quit lying to the consumer. You know, we need to get mandatory of country of origin labeling so that, that the consumers of this nation, like many other nations around the world, can know where their beef comes from. Once published in the Federal Register, there will be a 60-day public comment period. I'm Lane Northland. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, we covered uh, so many different topics, uh, took as many phone calls as we could there in the first half uh, hour of the program as uh, John Jackson joined us uh, in studio. The one story we didn't talk about was uh, the one story that John Jackson, I know, wanted to talk about, uh, and we didn't even get to it, but uh, quick heads up on that one. Uh, the UK Daily Mail has a story. I saw Jeremy Carl in Bozeman sent this out via Twitter as well. He's a senior fellow with the Claremont Institute, but the UK Daily Mail, an attorney for the far left group known as the Southern Poverty Law Center has been arrested and charged with domestic terrorism offenses uh, involving uh, this, uh, you know, uh, these uh, riots that have been taking place in Atlanta. So that's a, a story that's out there. I think I even got a message from uh, Dennis and Bozeman about that on our Montana Talks app. Uh, hey, uh, lots of callers on the line. I know that want to weigh in on a whole host of topics. So I'll tell you what, if you want to stand by on the phone lines here in about uh, uh, 10 minutes or so, uh, we may be able to come back to, uh, to, your, to your phone calls here. But uh, we do have uh, Mike Dennison with us now on the phone lines and definitely uh, wanted to take some time to get a chance to hear from Mike Dennison. Uh, yesterday, we got the news, while we the sad news while we were live on the air yesterday that veteran Montana political reporter uh, Chuck Johnson sadly had passed away uh, this past weekend. We were live on the radio yesterday as uh, Judy Rolfe sent us the news that broke in Helena. Uh, Phil Drake with the Helena Independent Record uh, shared this. Uh, Chuck Johnson, a journalist who covered Treasure State politics for nearly half a century and was known as the Dean of the Capitol Press Corps, has died. And then, of course, uh, shortly after that news uh, began to spread across Montana, uh, tributes uh, from across the political spectrum uh, began to pour in. But, uh, yeah, Mike Dennison, of course, is, was a longtime Capitol Bureau chief himself. And, y'all, Mike, thanks thanks for being with us here this morning. First off, our, our condolences to you and all the family and friends of, of Chuck Johnson. Well, thanks, Aaron. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a shock when Chuck had died on Sunday. Um, in fact, I was scheduled to um, have lunch with them today uh, with uh, my wife and a, and a friend. Uh, we often got together just downtown in Helena, 
And um, I spoke to people who spoke with him just last week, just last Friday. He's at a big meeting with a group he's involved in and seemed to be in great shape. So, yeah, his death was certainly not expected. Yeah, he's still covering the legislature, still writing reports, uh, still serving on boards, and I think was still planning on having dinner with friends on Saturday night. And so certainly a, a surprise to, to many all across the state. I was trying to think how, how to describe you and, and your relationship with Chuck Johnson, because in, in many ways, I, I know first and foremost, you're, you're friends. You've been colleagues at different points in, in both of your careers. Uh, you've been competitors at one point. In, in your careers as well. How would you describe Chuck Johnson? Well, you know, Chuck is uh, unique in many ways. And first of all, the fact that his entire career was as a Capitol reporter, pretty much, in Helena, enabling him to uh, develop this vast store of knowledge and all his relationships and kind of know where all the bodies are buried, but at the same time have a reputation among his sources. I don't think that really happens very much in in uh, media because it's become so much more fragmented and uh, so many financial pressures that people aren't able to like, you know, build whole careers in, in these smaller media markets. But at that time, you could. I mean, he started back in the 70s as a capital reporter and continued until 2015, basically full-time. And uh, I first met him when he hired my wife as a reporter back in the mid-1980s. Um, she was one of the first women print journalist to cover the Capitol full-time. And then later on, I was also a reporter for the AP and later on the Great Falls Tribune after he left that job. And we competed for probably a couple of decades before I finally joined him with the newspapers in uh, 2005. Yeah, I was I was uh, as I was uh, piecing together various uh, bits of information and various uh, reactions uh, from f- folks across Montana, including you know reactions from you and reactions from our friend Sally Mock with Montana Public Radio in Missoula. I, I came across uh, the the write up from Montana State University. Which is kind of funny because, of course, Chuck Johnson is one of the great uh, graduates of the University of Montana School of Journalism. But he received an honorary doctorate from MSU last year. And when announcing the honors, MSU summed up his career in Montana journalism with this. Over the course of his nearly 45-year reporting career, Johnson covered 22 Montana legislative sessions, seven governors, nine U.S. senators, and 10 U.S. representatives, in addition to countless state legislators, elections, conventions, and policies. We could probably add 23 legislative sessions to that number now because he he was still covering this one all the way uh, up to uh, today. That's right. Yeah, it's just uh, it's really kind of an incredible resume to have been in that position as long as he did and also as many of the stories said today part of that legacy or that resume is also um, kind of mentoring and teaching and helping the next generation of reporters um, come along and showing them the ropes and uh, helping them familiarize themselves with uh, the legislature and state government and politics and campaigning. Yeah, I got a, a great note from uh, Judy Rolfe and Helena yesterday and, and, you know, and talking about just the sad news of Chuck passing away. And she says, I always thought of him as a professional journalist, even if I didn't care for the story, he was fair. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, I said on the air yesterday, too, that I, you know, my knee jerk reaction was, you know, Chuck Johnson. And I would say you, too, Mike Dennison, you got, you know, a lot like kind of Tim Russert, uh, like a Montana Tim Russert. I always liked Tim Russert when he was the host on Meet the Press back in the day, always 
always always work to be fair, always work to do the real job of a journalist. Yeah, I think that's a very accurate uh, um, telling of what, uh, what what Chuck did, and, and and in my career as well. I mean, both of us working together kind of have the same philosophy that you know people run and get elected and they get an office and they you know everyone thinks they're doing the right thing, even if you or some section of the population thinks they're wrong or what they're doing is bad, they'll think that. And so as a reporter, I always wanted to portray what their thoughts were and what they thought they were doing. And sometimes what they were doing, we, you know, scrutinize it and say, well, maybe it isn't doing that. But at the same time, we'll give them a fair shake as far as presenting their, their view of the world. What, what do you think uh, Chuck Johnson delivered in, in his, you know, near 50-year career? Uh, well, we talked about a little bit already. So I, I think the biggest legacy of him was kind of teaching the next generation of reporters, or teaching just a whole, a whole not the next generation, but just kind of a litany of reporters. You know how to do the job and how and what the job was and, and why it was important to have that. Um, you know, both the neutrality and integrity that he had. And as, as far as I was trying to think today of the, of, the, of the stories he wrote, the big stories. But there's just so many. It would take me longer than a few minutes to even think about it and catalog. But that's one thing that uh, myself and another reporter, Bob and are working on this week. We're going to do a story that will probably come out later this week, kind of talking more about just what he did in terms of his coverage in his career. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to reading that piece for sure. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I shared even a video uh, that uh, Montana Tech has hosted on uh, one of their YouTube pages here. Montana, 1965 to 1980, just going over the a lot of the history and the political history. I think it was a conversation, probably almost a two-hour-long conversation between Chuck Johnson and, and Evan Barrett. And so we're, we're lucky that we get to have those videos around to still capture this history and all the insight that he gathered over those years. Yeah, no, Chuck, you know, as you mentioned, went to the University of Montana and, and had a journalism degree from there. But he also, I mean, I, I, I believe he also had a master's in history, too. So, you know, he was just a, uh, people have called him like a walking encyclopedia and a walking history book. And I always kind of hated that because, well, to hear that, describe someone like that, because the first thing I think is, oh, I mean, that means I'm really, really... ECBillings.org. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I know we've just got a quick few minutes left here, but we will try to sneak in some more of your phone calls across Montana as well. Plus, I've got several messages that came in on our Montana Talks app here uh, uh, to share with you as well from a lot of the topics that were covered in the first half hour of the show. But first, I do want to go back to, to Mike Dennison, of course, worked as a uh, Capitol uh, Bureau uh, print journalist. And then, and then of course, uh, before uh, before retiring, served as a, a great Capitol Bureau, Bureau reporter for the Montana Television network as well. Mike, you were talking about Chuck Johnson and how people would refer to him as a walking encyclopedia and, and how you didn't really like that because, well, one, it, it made you feel old, but but two, uh, Chuck was really much more than that with his uh, insightful reporting. Well, that's correct. I mean, you, know, and you and I were talking about kind of the, the status of journalism. It, you know, it's really in transition right now, um, and people like Chuck Johnson have worked their whole life at that kind of type of job and in journalism i don't know how much that's going to happen because because of the the, the finances of the world of journalism but at the same time 
we can say that as we kind of transition to more digital content away from newspapers and the printed word, you know, Chuck was actually involved in that transition. He was on the board of directors for the Montana Free Press, which is kind of the top online journalism nonprofit model in Montana right now. He was the chairman of their board. In fact, just met with them you know, three, four days ago talking about their strategy. And so here he was, whole life in print now, but he was also kind of on the on the cusp of helping digital um, get a foothold and, and that transition. Yeah, which is an important conversation to have right now because I, I've, I've even seen it. You know, I'll, I'll do uh, uh, stories for our, our websites, and it, it's just it's almost sad what you see. It's what what will you know with the digital uh, focus right now uh, in in the news business is that like you could put a lot of work and time and effort and researching and and quoting and and in a story that's that's really important. And but but that that won't get as many numbers as the top ten stupidest whatever uh, list that gets put out there, and it's like wow, that is yeah, apparently know, what, yeah. <laughs> so. Or the video format too, which is very popular. So yeah, and and it, I also find it unfortunate. I think the printed word was very powerful to see it in print and to have it be able to carry it around, and I think that's just kind of. Uh, so that's fading away for news in, in, in many ways. Well, yeah, and, and to have a focus, too. There's something about building that front page that says, okay, here's here's what we've kind of as a team have said, this is what's important. This is what mm-hmm. what we see as the biggest stories versus what's on the back page and buried down deeper, whereas on the Internet, every link can appear to be the same and carry the same weight sometimes. That's Mike right. yeah. Mike Dennison, great to catch up with you. And, again, our, our best out to, to Chuck Johnson, all of his friends and family, and uh, appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks so much, Aaron, for having me. All right, and look forward to, to your follow-up piece as well. Uh, all right, uh, well, we got uh, – by the way, if you go to uh, MontanaTalks.com, I shared several uh, several uh, reactions and tributes uh, to Chuck Johnson, including uh, what Mike Dennison shared via Twitter yesterday, Sally Mock from Montana Public Radio, her thoughts, as well as uh, several Montana elected officials uh, paying tribute to, uh, to Chuck Johnson over the years. Got a lot of messages that came in on our Montana Talks app uh let's see a bruce in butte reacting to our earlier conversation about this uh, this war zone on our southern border and the big news about the americans uh, that were killed just south of the texas border and the two others who are apparently uh, were released bruce in butte says this when it comes to calling the terrorists drug cards the drug cartels terrorists The definition of terrorist is someone who uses threats and violence to advance their interests. The cartels are terrorists, and the U.S. military needs to deal with them as such. Now when will BLM and Antifa be declared the terrorists they actually are? That was from Bruce in Butte. Uh, John in Billings said this uh, regarding April in Kalispell. Uh, better start packing. Uh, that was his response in terms of these homeless men that are aggressively threatening women in Kalispell. You know, the, the transient population there uh, becoming an increasing threat, according to our caller April in Kalispell. John and Billing says, hey, better start packing. Uh, and on a related front, let's see, uh, we had another message that came in Oh, uh, from another one of our, our listeners here. Uh, regarding the threat uh, from the homeless population. Oh, it, and I, I, I misplaced the, the message here, but basically it was a gentleman who wanted to make the point that, hey, when it comes to these bike paths that these uh, homeless transients are, are using to threaten uh, the local women, uh, the listener basically said, maybe it's time for a few good men 
uh, to start uh, walking these uh, bike paths as well here. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Rick in the Bitterroot still on the phone lines. Rick, what did you want to share this morning? Thank you for holding me on. The lady from Kalispell who's concerned about the transient population problem. Uh, there's people in charge at your county and your city. Remove those people. So, so remove the, uh, the the officials that are encouraging this uh, this uh, homeless population uh, and uh, that's that's moving into the Flathead. Well, I think that's why the Flathead County Commissioners they wrote that letter recently here to say, hey, enough is enough. We, we've gotten to the point where we're. Where we're encouraging an out-of-state homeless transient population to move here. Certainly that's been the case in Missoula. Uh, and so uh, so these Flathead County Commissioners are saying, hey, we, we cannot do here what they've been doing in Missoula. They're already seeing it, it, it happen. All right, uh, Rick, thanks for the call. Sorry we're out of time. Uh, more time to take your phone calls on tomorrow's Montana Talks. Uh, and, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry we're out of time. <laughs>